with uh, four colleges on the six-year plan. Because my family said, banking and computers. I said, history. Good luck, you'll pay your own tuition. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how kind that sounds, uh, but we are very pleased that you could come and be with us here. He, he will tell you all about forced migrations in Poland after 1944, and I'm looking forward to it very much. I'll share an anecdote when you are uh, done, Professor. Isaiski is a sociologist, so David Satter mostly referred to him in this room. He is with the Faculty of Social Sciences at the University of Poznan. He specializes in issues related to migrations and their social consequences. Most of his work is field work, which is extremely valuable. Scholars nowadays, unfortunately, prefer theory, then they don't have to move their lazy butts into an archive and research. Not Professor Isaiski, I'm pleased to say, and here he is for me, all the way from Poland. Okay, so thank you so much for the invitation and I'm very happy to have an opportunity to present my paper. The paper is connected with a research project financed by the National Science Council of Poland. The project title is The New Society Intergained Polish Territories. And this is my introductory slide. My scientific interest concerns migratory studies, uh, uh, mobility in general, and uh, some social capital issues. The agenda for my today's speech is the forced migrations during the Second World War and the new borders of Poland after the 1945th, and some additional. Comments. So, uh, there must be no door to Siberia. It's the world grass. Just before the war. Uh, okay, let's go to the map. So we start with the 1939 and the deportation of Poles. Uh, the deportation. One million of Poles to the Soviet Union, the deportation of Poles from the Western Poland to the so-called central government, so that is the central part of Poland that Germans uh, founded to squeeze Poles in there, and uh, there was also a kind of a migration of half a million of Germans from the Soviet Union to uh, Western Poland that was captured by, by Germany and all these migrations happened before 1940, 1941 so 
there was a, an agreement between Hitler and Stalin after uh, invading Poland of the uh, migration of ethnic Germans from Soviet Union to, to Poland. As a result of all these uh, migratory flows, uh, the situation in Poland became uh, really, really hard for civilians and uh, Poland as an occupied country was, uh, how to say that, it was the darkest part of our history. Again, as Professor Vadakiewicz wrote in his intermarium book, a uh, famous philosopher's thought of Thomas Hobbes, Homo homini lupus est, man is a wolf man, so it was a time of fighting uh, everybody against everybody, at first fighting for the survival and then fighting for example of that is uh, an example of the times the Ulma family and honestly honestly speaking I hope you know the case this is a case of uh, just a regular family in southern Poland and they during the war they gave shelter to eight Jews and uh, unfortunately in 1944 they were denounced and all the family members including children were shot as well as Jews and uh, just a couple of years ago they were awarded with the right to choose among the nations title there is also a beatification process initiated by the Roman Catholic Church and just a couple of years ago, there's also a museum opened in the village so you can easily visit the webpage or visit the museum, which is highly recommended. During the German and Soviet occupation, uh, Poles uh, started the underground state. There was a European phenomena, the state existing in an informal way on one hand with the constant uh, ties with the Polish government in exile in London. We constituted a home army, underground army of course, uh, underground uh, uh, education system, underground uh, all kinds of social life including uh, schools, papers, uh, courts and uh, this is a poster from the <coughs> Professor Jankowski book, the first one to inform the West about the real face of German occupation in Poland, especially the Jewish situation in Poland. This is the slide to present the casualties in Poland, and I present this figures because I want to focus on forced migrations and this is about the war time and civilians in Poland were the main victims of the war in Poland. Uh, the first graph presents the number of deaths in Poland up to six million human beings 
the second graph presents the proportion of the soldiers to civilians. As you can see, the vast majority of victims were civilians, and the very last one presents the proportion between Jews and other Polish citizens who died during the war. Uh, it is just to talk about millions, but as another American author, Timothy Snyder, wrote in his book, it is not about a million of victims, it's about one single human being that should be multiplied a million times. So, it is a very difficult sliding part. And I, I would also like to present the proportion of victims casualties uh, in other neighboring countries during the, the World War II, the casualties of soldiers involved in all the military operations and civilians. For the Soviet Union, it was 26, about 26 million of deaths with uh, more than 10, 000, 10 million of soldiers who died during the war and about 60 million of civilians. Germany or Germany uh, more than five million of soldiers died and more than two million of civilians as well in the United States as you can see and here there's a comparison of the World War II casualties for the United States, Germany, Soviet Union and Poland, as you can see, Poland was the to say that one in seven of every single citizen from Poland died during the war. This map presents the scale of migration after the war and the directions of human movement. Uh, red man uh, symbolizes ethnic Poles. The blue ones are Germans. Just after the war, uh, officially, uh, the date of uh, removal of Germans from Poland was the 1st of August in 1944, the date of Warsaw Uprising and Polish government in exile. issued a statement to remove all the Germans from uh, Polish land and the western territories of Poland which is western and northern was left by about 9 million of Germans uh, there were also some Ukrainians you can see the yellow figures were resettled from <coughs> southern Poland, about 100,000 of them uh, to western Poland and half a million of them resettled to Soviet Republic of Ukraine. The green uh, figure represents uh, Belarusians, they were resettled from Poland to Belarusian Soviet Republic and there were also many <coughs> other directions of 
uh, migrations to Poland after the end of the war. Former prisoners, forced workers from the West, 1.5 million people. Uh, returns of other former soldiers and immigrants from Southern and Western Europe. There also uh, there was also a resettlement of Poles from the eastern parts of pre-war Poland. As you probably know, we have lost, in 1939, we have lost 51% of our territory. And after the war, it was captured by Soviet Union. So, more than 1.5 million of Poles were proposed to migrate to the Poland within new borders. So they uh, agreed, and this map shows uh, the directions and migration in numbers. And this is the present day borderline of Poland. Right in here, with the pink color, we have uh, the shape of Poland before the Second World War. By the end of uh, 47th, 7.6 million Germans had left uh, Poland and Ukrainians, as I have already said. There was also an organized action, Vistula. Uh, to resettle Ukrainians from the southeastern part of Poland and one of the reasons of that action was connected with the uh, so-called Voli Massacre, so the situation in southeastern Poland with the ethnic cleansing of Polish minority in Ukrainian uh, land, Ukrainian, I mean uh, a part of the uh, German Empire during the war with the uh, Ukrainian uh, governance. And what happened in 1945? So Poland had new borders. So it started with deportations and migrations, as I have said. It was a time of violence and terror. The terror uh, which can be sim symbolized by looting. Uh, I've noticed that in America you say, you loot, I shoot, during any kind of a social uh, tensions or a catastrophe. Anything, but in Poland it could be said we loot, we should, because the looters were soldiers, Soviet soldiers, Polish soldiers, and uh, it was a, uh, another nightmare of post war times for civilians. Even the war was over, the civilians still had to face the problem of uh, Soviet troops, uh, of uh, murders, of uh, demobilized soldiers and it was a uh, situation that was can be uh, also defined by the term crimes of court when uh, during the communist regime 
and there was a terror and uh, even though an estimated number of uh, soldiers of Polish uh, underground state uh, was up to 100,000 soldiers after the 1945 who refused to surrender and uh, cooperate with communists. Many of them were captured and murdered. This is the map presents uh, borders of Poland in across times, and I put it in my presentation to answer the question why the new territories after the war were named regained territories. So this is the border, the darkest line represents the border of borders of Poland 1,000 years ago. So Poland as a country was uh, constituted 1,050 years ago, and the first historical borders of Poland looks more or less like this, even though in the later centuries uh, we were more open to the eastern direction, especially after the union with Lithuanians and Ukrainians. Uh, after the Second World War, the official propaganda claimed that it was just the regained land because we, I mean Poles, 1,000 years ago, were there. Uh, how was the daily life in 1945? Up to 80% of arable land was left uncultivated. This, these are estimations of Professor Andrzej Paczkowski from his Black Book of Communism. Uh, nearly all houses, office buildings and production plants and manufacturers were deserted, destroyed. So every, the majority of infrastructure was uh, destroyed, including roads, railroads and so on. There was also help uh, of the United Nations Relief and Reconciliation Action and in 1945 there was also a threat of starvation for uh, civilians, so it was a very important part of, of, uh, of the help. And uh, there was also an important uh, term, the sense of temporariness, because uh, at least up to 1947, according to the public opinion, the borders were unnecessary, so people who were forced to migrate to the West were really afraid that sooner or later they will find themselves in Germany again. So they were afraid of this situation. And I want to present you some of the findings from the Institute of Western Affairs from Poznan. They collected uh, up to 1,000 of memories of settlers uh, during the three uh, editions of the competition. The first one was in 1956, and the second one was in 1960, and the last one in 1970s. And 
the competition was announced in a very unique moment of the history of Poland because the 1956 was the date of the, as many people thought in Poland, the collapse of communism because after the Stalin's death and the 20th, uh, uh, you know what I mean, the Communist Party of the Soviet Union announced uh, some problems with uh, communism and there was such an euphoria with the situation in Poland that many Poles uh, were dreaming about the freedom at that time. Third World War. Exactly. And uh, it was probably a coincidence, but as a result, we, I mean the Institute of Western Affairs, has uh, many uh, interesting uh, memories of people who, for the first time in their life, were able to describe not only the war, but after the post-war migrations and uh, all the uh, cruelty and violence, including state violence, all the looting, uh, rape, loots, rapes and, and so on, conducted by Soviet soldiers, by uh, Polish uh, People's Army and so on and so forth. So this is why we see this uh, group of memory is so much important. There is also another argument uh, why this, these memories are so important. This is a picture from German city in Bavaria, Berchtesgaden. The, the city uh, Close to this city, there was a Hitler's residence, and there is so it used to be a kind of really. Uh, yes, I'm just kidding. Okay. So. Uh, you can see that. Yes. Uh, by the way, the residence was looted by Germans in 1945. <laughs> so it's just another part of the story, but uh, there is also a kind of. Uh, question how to define the history. Anytime we talk about forced migrations in Poland, there is our point, I mean Polish point of view, and there is also a German perspective. A German perspective that uh, contains a number of seven to nine million of people resettled, uh, forced to leave their land, I mean the western part of Poland. So. Here, just as a sociologist, I'd like to present some of some of uh, facts and figures about these parts of Poland. Even though this one country, there are still some differences visible. Uh, one of the more very important indicators we use in sociology to say that society is more or less integrated might be the divorce rate. And uh, I'm not sure how we treat it in, in, in America, but in Poland it is a kind of an indicator of social change. Uh, by the way, in considering the Russian example, uh, the first speaker was talking about Russia and the uh, very sad situation about Russian society. 
the divorce rate for Rush Siberian part of Russia is much higher for Siberian part of Russia for every thousand of marriages there is one thousand and six hundred divorces which it is much worse you can even imagine for but every one thousand marriages one thousand six hundred divorces but in Poland it's not so bad uh, for now however if we consider the western part of Poland with uh, people living there since 1945 it, as you can see it is a, a bit higher uh, in the western districts the more almost half of the population claims that they have eastern roots which means that they somehow feel linked uh, with the eastern part of Poland with the pre-war Poland and uh, going to conclusion I wanted to say again about the forced migrations it was uh, an important part of the modern history of Poland it was one of the biggest of the biggest in Polish history period of the biggest uh, human uh, movement movement from the east to the west from the west to the east uh, and about one-fourth of Polish populations was somehow somehow forced to change the place of residence and we can still observe we can still observe some results of this process I didn't want to go deeper into sociological uh, details here there is also a kind of uh, social mobility issues because the society in Western Poland is much more uh, active as migrants as probably know uh, Poland has a big problem with uh, out-migration in the past 15 years we have lost at least 3 million of young people who decided to go to the West, to the United Kingdom, to Germany, to Norway and uh, the proportion of migrants from the western part of Poland is above the average and finally from the eastern borders, eastern part of Poland, the pre-war territories of Poland, in Ukraine. Well, I apologize for my broken English and all the technical uh, problems. I hope you understood my general thoughts. However, if you have any questions, I can answer that. Great. Thank you very much. There's so much human misery in this presentation. Uh, we're not going to cheer up with the next presentation, but I'd like uh, <clears throat> Professor I to field a couple of questions. Remember about statistics in times of strife. They're very inaccurate. Hence, the Dean of Holocaust Studies, Raoul Hilbert, said, here's the low, bar, low, low uh, ballpark figure, 5.3 million. Here's the high one, 6.4, 6.5. Simply approximating is already a challenge. How many died? 
how to tell apart who died. For example, if you were Jewish in Vilno, Vilnius, you, you could be counted as a Lithuanian war, war dead, as a Soviet war dead, <clears throat> as a Polish war dead, or as a Jewish war dead. Why? Well, because there's this competition to pop up figures. The Soviet figure of 25 million uh, Soviet dead only holds water if you count the Estonian Waffen-SS, which died fighting on the Eastern Front against the Soviets. Those soldiers in Latvia, Lithuania, the SS Wachmannschaften of the Belarusians, and the Ukrainian SS, then sure, that will be enough Soviet war dead for you. Also, you have to understand that the Soviets, Stalin, fought so ruthlessly that the Red Army lost more people at Bucharest and Budapest in 1944-45 than at Stalingrad because the Soviets had just didn't care how many of their own people died. Uh, keep that in mind too. This is a myth, also sometimes sold as 25 million Russian dead. That's odd, almost half the war dead were from Central Asia, from Ukraine, from the Ukraine, Soviet Ukraine. More Ukrainians died fighting in the Red Army against the Germans than died fighting for free or nationalist Ukraine for the Germans. So how do you square this circle? The Soviets were very generous. They assumed everybody. And they included everybody in their statistics. So I really feel <coughs> sorry for us historians and for uh, sociologists how to figure out what the real casualties were. Until quite recently at Babi Yar, outside of Kiev, it was just Soviet citizens. Then after 1991 or so, the Jewish community got, got organized and then remembered its own death, which is what should have happened. However, it took the Ukrainians about 20 years to remember that there were some Ukrainian nationalists too. And God forbid you bump into graves which had been dug out before them in 1937, 1938, and 1939. But I'm not going to steal Dr. Summers' uh, thunder. Instead, after my brief remarks, I'd like you to ask two questions of Dr. This is for us. Um, I'm wondering if you could um, address the issue of the number of Poles that died in the uh, concentration camps, the German concentration camps during the war, and the reasons, the various reasons that they were sent there. Well, the reason was very simple. They were Poles uh, when they were sent to German concentration camps. Uh, the numbers. Uh, even if it is so many years after the war, we are still counting. I mean, the Institute of the National Memory uh, is still conducting many investigations, and uh, the number, the numbers, well, it's just it is easy to say one to three million. It's estimated three million of ethnic Poles died during the war, and similar number of. Jews, I mean citizens of Poland, also died during the war. 
I'm not able to say how many of them died in concentration camps because uh, I don't have figures about that. This, I think that uh, we can Auschwitz, yes. 70,000 of Auschwitz was set up there. Just one example. Yeah. Oh, don't go. Auschwitz was set up as a camp for Christian political prisoners in June 1940. So it is now the Soviets or Soviet propaganda after the war claimed that six million people died in Auschwitz. It is now clear that not six million but 1.3 Jews from all over Europe. The I think there was a sizable contingent from Poland, contingent from Poland, but they were mostly from Hungary. France, the Netherlands, etc., etc., and uh, Austria, and Germany. Uh, as far as Polish Christians, many of the political prisoners, but also criminals, criminals, if you participate in the black market, smuggled uh, a bit of meat into a city, and you were arrested, you went to Auschwitz. So 70,000 of them died, 70. And then there were also Soviet POWs. For instance, President Yushchenko's uh, father, did you know that? Was captured and sent to Auschwitz. The president of Ukraine, the Orange Revolution guy, he was sent to Auschwitz. Uh, he was a, the Soviet POWs were also the first ones to be gassed in Auschwitz because the, the, the Germans wanted to test the new facilities, which were established, I don't know if you realize that, for humanitarian reasons. Why? For humanitarian reasons, because the Germans had been shooting, the SS had been shooting human beings, mostly Jews, for over half a year. And their bodies couldn't hack what their sick brains had contrived. So the assessment started puking, crying, breaking down. Himmler himself fainted and cried when he saw a mass execution of Jews. So Himmler said, for humanitarian reasons, we can, all, we can no longer expose our proud assessment to such horrible things because the, the delicate German soul, you know, is, has to, we have to do it, but we can't, um, <coughs> we can't use shooting anymore. So they can't, first they experimented with a Soviet invention, which was put in place in 1938 in Moscow, when there were not enough uh, uh, ways to shoot people in Moscow, uh, the NKVD uh, invented a gas van where exhaust pipes were redirected inside the van and they drove around Moscow and killed people. It was not very efficient. It was not very efficient for the Germans. So after trying this Soviet invention uh, at Helmond Adnare, first gassing of Jews was in December 1941. After trying this invention and finding it inefficient, uh, the SS and police turned to Igefarben, uh, I think was the name of the company. That company built a facility at Birkenau, which was about a kilometer away from Auschwitz, <coughs> to gas people, because then nobody saw anything except a Zondekommando, which was consisted of prisoners who ushered other prisoners in. So the Zondekommando was mostly Jewish. And at the end, the Germans would shoot him. Yes. Horrible. Sorry. Just on and we don't know. You talk about the criminals. The criminals were also involved in the Polish underground state as they offered 
free market. A kind of service to the government in exile that they would pickpocket Germans with their documents and guns. So <laughs> they were also involved in the underground state. Or Polish uh, criminals. <coughs> Yes, I mean, uh, of course, it's maybe not the topic of your uh, speech. However, question. Question. Yes, yes, yes. However, did, was any immigration from Kazakhstan at that time or nothing? Uh, you mean the present day migration? Present from day Kazakhstan? at that time, because uh, or nothing at that time. Or do you have no information about that? So for, as far as I'm concerned, the majority of people who were managed to escape from Soviet Kazakhstan joined the general underground. <coughs> I mean, I mean the, the one which has been resettled in 1937. Uh, 1937, this one. I'm talking about this. Well, depends what you mean by all from Kazakhstan, because uh, the people who living today in Kazakhstan, who has Polish roots since 19th century, as during the so-called November Uprising. Some of the soldiers were sentenced to, to Siberia. They had to live in Kazakhstan, and there are some people of, with Polish roots in there. Uh, however, I'm not, as far as I'm concerned, there were no organized action of resettling of Poles after the 1945th from Kazakhstan. The vast majority of Poles, I mean 1.5 million of them who came to Poland, were from the former eastern border lands of pre-war Poland, say Belarus, Ukraine and Lithuania as well. So that's okay. the answer. Thank you.